Welcome to the latest episode of Platform. Today, we're going to be speaking to Sam Crofts. Sam is one of the most recognizable skaters in the UK at the moment. He is pro for Undercover and USD and Kaiser. And he recently announced his second pro skate for USD. And at the weekend, just brought out an insane full like seven minute long promo for it which could have easily been two separate street sections it was just yeah nuts so many stunts in it so many creative tricks just yeah like you really have to see the section to believe it there's just an incredible variety of obstacles on display and yeah it seems to have won the battle of the pro skate edits this weekend because he went up against bobby spazov and julian ba and so far he has got the most hits out of all of them um before he was on usd and undercover he was sponsored by gods and before that he was sponsored by Roarblade. so i want to find out what happened there and why he's no longer riding for those brands he has also had some horrendous injuries over the years um such as being getting knocked out in Russia and being in hospital for five days. He already talked about that on Jump Street. But I want to talk about the fall where he broke both his wrists on one fall off a drop in London. And in the same edit, he also managed to tear the webbing on his hand between his fingers, which just sounds utterly rough. Um, the type of skating that he does is just, some of them is just absolutely massive stunts. So, of course, your luck's going to run out every once in a while and you're going to be faced with that. But he keeps coming back stronger than ever and keeps delivering these incredible sections. It will be interesting to see what the future holds from. I know that he works for PowerSlide and he's the UK sales rep, I think. So we want to talk about that as well. Basically, loads of stuff to cover. And yeah, just really excited to hang out with him again. The last time we spent time together was in Amsterdam. It wasn't Amsterdam, it was Eindhoven. And we both had a little bit too much to drink and we're talking about a nonsense. Weird story. We actually already recorded this podcast last night, but Sam had too much to drink and basically turned around about an hour and a half or two hours into it and just went, I'm really sorry, Dave. I'm pretty sure I'm drunk and I've been talking nonsense. Can we do this again tomorrow? So I reluctantly agreed because some of the stuff he said was quite funny, but I don't want him to get into trouble with his sponsors or anyone else. So we've decided to redo it. Hopefully he's sober tonight and I'm going to give him a little bit of a hard time about it to start with, but I'm sure he'll take it in good humor because, yeah, he, he can handle the banter. Without further ado, cue the music. There, mate. All right, oh, I can see you. All right, how you doing? Sorry, my cat just jumped me a minute ago. Right, I was like, you don't, you don't, you don't need to go to the trouble of putting the lint roller on yourself. It's, it's fine. You look, you look presentable enough. Can you see the? I mean, I can see the. The hairs are all over me, mate. Like I've got a long-haired mancun just dive right up on me. <laughs> how you doing, Dave? You I'm all right? right. How you doing? Yeah, not bad. How, how did my intro look? Did it? Did it look I've, gangster? I've, I've got a really weird sense of deja vu. It's almost like. It's almost like we were here around about this this time last night. Well, you know, we FaceTime on a regular basis, me and you, mate. So what that's, can we say? That's true. It's it's nice that you've got clothes on this time. That's that's great. Yeah, no, uh, I thought make an effort. How was how was skating today? Mate, really good. 
Really, really good. Like, um, probably shouldn't have gone, had a bit of work on, but I managed to get most of it done this morning. And then I wasn't planning on going, just very last minute. Got a text from Blake and um, and all the Capital Rollers guys. They were going out to film for their project they're working on. And yeah, it was just literally just like gorgeous sunshine outside. I don't know how the weather was in Scotland today, but super, super nice in London. It's currently raining against the windows because of course it currently is. Currently rain. All right. Yeah, we're due five days of rain. Like I literally got a text from Blake saying to come skate. And I was like, check the weather. And I was like, oh, yeah, sunshine today, but five days of rain. So couldn't really say no. And we're actually, John's plan switched. So John was able to pop the sound. It's really know, weird. Why did he had on and why then just did, decided that he wanted to come up to London? And so it's six. So you know, got the VX out, got to go out in the sunshine, get some nice lens flares and that. It was just one of those really nice days where, like, you know, everyone got good clips. We went to some new area, went over to um to Wembley, so around the stadium. They've just redone it all. And um, so there's just tons of new spots there. And yeah, all the boys got clips, got some nice stuff on the VX. John was happy, we were all happy. Uh Girlfriend texted me. I was getting on the tube, saying get some bread. And there was a posh bakery there for her, so I grabbed her a loaf of bread. So winning all around, mate. Everywhere. Did yeah. Did John Lee make fun of you at all, Sam? Uh, oh, John always makes fun of me. Right. So it's a running joke. Are we just pretending last night didn't happen? Is that is that what we're doing? Yeah, mate. Yeah. If you want to, I'm down oh, to. <laughs> okay. Right. Let's Let's move swiftly on. Um. So, Pride of Chichester, right here, right here. Are you? Has have I am from Chichester, yeah. Have any other like notable skaters came out of there? A few actually. All right. So um we're not literally from Chichester, but from like the same area. So just down there we've got Portsmouth, which you got, you know, Sam Tufnell, uh James Sharp, good skaters. Don't that, that, actually, that's not Chichester though. That's like me going, Oh yeah, there's there's loads of great skaters from my town and I well, live like forty five minutes away from Glasgow. Falconer, which is very close. Jamie Stenner, um, yeah. Think, right. Also from, I don't know if they're actually from Chichester, but Ed and Jack Neal. Have you ever heard of those guys? Yeah, used to I be on K2. What, right, I was going to say Razors, actually, so my memory's gone. I mean, they were all much older than me, though, when I was younger. I remember them coming down the skate park and I was about, you know, maybe 11, 12 years old, and they would have been, would have been about 17, 18, maybe, but occasionally I'd get to tag along with them. And then, you know, the, the other guys from um, Worthing, just down the road, the Aculture crew, so like Jake, the Woodbridge brothers, all them guys, James Aldred. People like that. Cage There's no way you were old enough to hang about with them, though, when you were when you oh, started. Oh no, skating. no, I'd like, I'd be stoked. Like, shit, OCC guys are in it. Like, do something mental. Like, land <laughs> a good trick. Look at them all smoking cigarettes and being exactly. too cool for school. Cameras and cars. I bet one of them might have a flat. Fucking hell, proper grown ups. Living the dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, the the symbols of 90s cool they had they had tattoos and they smoked and they they did big tricks that was that was all you really needed yeah, yeah. Man, it was 2001 i was i was impressed like <laughs> i um, was 11 years old so you know that's that's too difficult to impress me um so i checked the numbers again this morning because i'm obsessed with doing stuff like that and you've definitely won the the battle of the pro skate promos sorry i'm just gonna get a comp here um it's Have official. I've, I've, I've won the numbers. Won well, the numbers race. When I looked this morning, you were on over 12,000. Bobby yeah. Spazov was on just over 10,000. And Julian was down at like, I want to say, two or 3,000. Savage. Oh. So, you know. Yeah, no, I had a little flick through this afternoon. Um, a little flick through the comments. Generally, like, pretty well received. Other than some bloke that was telling me my jeans were too tight. But I was like, telling, and also telling him, come on, mate, it's not the 90s. Stop using that fish eye. And I was like, and get and get baggier jeans. It's like 
kind of contradicted yourself. They're saying it's not the nineties. Get yourself some baggy jeans. Like, I yeah, know it's not the nineties. That's why I'm not wearing baggy jeans. It's like, hi, mate. It like, and also just like, oh, mate. Like he said some really nice things, and was then just like, yeah, but you need to sweat your jeans out. I was like, fuck off, mate. Like, come on, like. I always find it really funny when people feel the need to comment on clothing as if oh. it's, as if it's relevant. You're like, if because most of them are fully like most skaters are between thirty are between twenty five and forty. Yeah, right? that's so the demographic like, these days. Twenty five, thirty five is the majority. And it's like you gotta tell a bloke that's thirty to change his pants. Yeah, maybe like, that eleven year old version of me back at Chish the skate park. If Jake Healy went, Sam, mate, your pants are a little bit tight. I'd be like, all right, mate, yeah, cool. I'll go buy some joggers from Primark. You know, I'm not gonna like go running out to buy some new pants today. Yeah. I was skating in Levi's for most of that section. They're sick. Got some Levi's skateboard trousers. They're well expensive and well, like, really strong and good. It's yeah. just a weird, like... I've premium pants on these days. I'm a grown-up. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just so funny, the stuff people say online that they would never dare say. Like, no one would ever come up to you in the pub and be like, right, mate, outfit's looking a bit shit. You'd be like, sorry, who are you? <laughs> what pubs do you go to? I hear that was... <laughs> <laughs> There's some bloke walking in shoes. Whoa! That fucking happens all the time. <laughs> but in like a general, I know what you're saying, in a general day-to-day situation, that would never happen. It's just like stuff like that and you're like, okay, or I'll just, <laughs> yeah, I'll get unsolicited DMs and they'll just say stuff and you're like, why Why would, you would never say that to my face. Why would you, why would you say that to me in a DM? Um, yeah, so bizarre. Um, congratulations on the pro skate. Thanks, mate. Pro skate number two. Yeah, very and happy with it. Now you've had wheels as well. You've had two wheels, three wheels, three, four? Uh, te- well, depends how you count them with UC. So they count the- them as two each time because it's like they run it in two different colors. Ah, right. But technically it's two, but I kind of look at it as it's one in two colors, if you know what I mean. So No, because you've, got- you've had a big wheel and an aggressive wheel. Yeah, so I had the big wheel, but it came in two colors. So I had the dark gray big wheel and then the white big wheel. Right. Which the white big wheel actually put me in a bit of a kiln for a while because Brexit happened as a Union Jack Pro wheel got dropped by me. And I was just like, fuck's sake, like... Ah, the bigot wheel. Like, well, good time. <laughs> um, but yeah, then the next wheel, I guess the next wheel is even still a bit Brexit. It's a BBC wheel. BBC, a bit yeah. like, you know, the BBC aren't really a bit pedo. It's a bit I, was, like, I was about yeah. to say that they're just known for covering up pedophiles. Exactly. I, I don't... I, I'm pretty sure that's worse than Brexit. Yeah. Problem was like it, when they came to like obviously you see they do the uh, like the theme each time, and the theme came up TV, and everyone else like instantly was like yeah I love this TV show like Nick got Rick and Morty straight away which was really annoying because that was the only one I had to think of, um, and everyone else just seemed to have like really good TV shows that they'd liked straight away like even Calkins he had like um some 80s western show which I was like never heard of it but that sounds sick like Oregon has his anime show I was like fuck I don't really I don't really watch TV to be honest I'm a bit like. Not like hyperactive as such, but I can't. I don't, can't sit down. I get bored after like two episodes of anything. So besides Game of Thrones, it's the only thing that actually sucked me in. Everything else I found just like, just really just vanilla and boring. Like it's not very funny. Like it's not that exciting. I get get really turned off by it really fast. I, I mean, I prefer books and just going out and doing shit. Basically, man, that was a wasted opportunity. I could have had a friend's pro wheel. That would have been sick. Right. Just, just okay, friends. I'm sorry to offend anyone who likes friends. Fucking eight friends. You've just ruined my nineties. My nineties. My nineties dream there. I mean, yeah, of course. Like we all liked watching Rachel Green in the nineties. Yeah, she was piff. But I mean, besides that, 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 that whole was... show fucking sucked. It was the most rough. And I've been forced to watch it like for so many years. Like basically every girlfriend or pretty much every woman in your life. Like your mum forced you to watch it in the nineties because you know it wasn't your TV. You were nine. You didn't get to pick what went on. 
and then like all your girlfriends growing up through your teen years again just friends they're like oh it's just such easy watching isn't it it's such easy watching it's fucking not it's mindless it's fucking drivel that's just forced down my throat see i used to, I, I, I was on the other was end I used, I used to force my partner to watch it and she was like this is shit and i'm like yeah but it's it's you know it's, it's comfort food isn't it it's comfort it's food for the eyes watching. that's what everyone says it's like it's not comfort food it's making me just want to like fucking put my fist through the tv and just go <laughs> out like i mean i liked it when they got the, the senate sticker on the fridge that was a good moment and one of the guys wearing a senate bag was the like brian Ooh. the brian smith episode where he was he right. was shagging rachel green what more do you want actual skating in the episode maybe did he um, put his blades on Let's let's not get carried away. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm, not a bit much. I'm just taking the piss. Um, that just reminded me, Undercover. I'm, I was sure I saw a catalog a couple of years ago, and Undercover were going to do a Marvel series, and then it never came out. What happened with yeah, that? Yeah, um, just never came to fruition. I don't know. Um, oh wait, actually, I do remember this. They had the rights to use Marvel, but then like the rights were like it was really, really spotty. Like it wasn't like they didn't have the rights to use it in every country. So they got all the samples of the wheels and they all look really good. Like I can't remember I had um I actually got one of the wheels over. I'll grab it for you quickly. It's a really sick Whoa. wheel. We're about to get an exclusive. I like it. Yeah, so I got the Avengers, like my promo that I, I was meant to do a promo for them, but then in the end the wheel got dropped soon made it turn to a USD promo. I said right. uh Ant Man 55 millimeter wheel. All right, nice. In you know, light grey, red core. That's pretty sick. I thought it was a really good wheel. I was really annoyed that I didn't release it. I mean, I barely skated it, so I thought it was a cool wheel. I was like, I'm gonna hang on to that for maybe when I get really cool one day, I might start skating 55 flat. Um but yeah, so basically they didn't have the rights to release this in every single country. So rather than have okay. a bit of a fucking balmy in the warehouse of like, all right, let those can go there or sending out different catalogues to different people, they were like, you know what, fuck it, just sack the idea off and we'll pick something else. I hear you. did. Is it? Yeah. See all that stuff in the background? Is that just all skating crap lining up that entire wall? Yeah. Yeah, my girlfriend got mad at me because it was basically strewn across, like, it was kind of annoying for me to have, constantly have it in boxes because it's a lot of, like, samples and stuff that I show to shops and then just, like, different stuff that you're doing promos for. Because um, obviously, I do a lot of big wheel and stuff too. It's not just aggressive. Yeah. So I get sent tons of product for that. Um, yeah, so I brought a set of those, um, you know, it's like sort of industrial shelves that they have in, like, kitchens and warehouse that sort of thing it's yeah. all stacked relatively neatly in there it's kind of dark as you can't see but this is like a basket of wheels basket of frames and then just the fr- the skates that i'm using are in like the middle shelf and just like the other shit that's just like stacked down the bottom that every now and then i get like sick of it and have a little clear out and go a bit mad and blade trade and sell it all basically yeah. but i mean we're we're allowed to do that once just generally speaking um once you've done the promo for your product the skates are used it's up to you what you want to do with it from there as long as you promote well, it, it, it. Say, yeah otherwise if you didn't get rid of it eventually it would just take over your entire house yeah, you exactly. guys... they know that like they obviously understand that like the only time people get in trouble for selling their shit is if you haven't done anything with it if you get a right. brand new skate and just flog it straight away of course that's highly <laughs> against the rules like but once you've got this if you're doing a promo you get the skate you use it you shoot the promo you know, I can't use every single urban skate. I have my one that I like and use on a long-term basis, which is like a hardcore Evo, which is you know, a carbon fiber boot that's going to last me years. And then all the promos just done with just basically single or double-use skates. So use them like once or twice for the promo and then sell them or give them away. I was about to say, you're a handy friend to have. I'd just become Sam, hey, man, oh, you, mate, got, you got any like 59 millimeter wheels? <laughs> okay, that is quite annoying though because I get a lot of people saying... I'm, 
Everyone wants it for free as well. They're just like, oh, you got any of this? They can give me like, I don't mind, of course, like giving they away. They want it for free. You got it for free. What? Like, <laughs> yeah, I fucking spent 20 years learning how to skate. To I skate that's true. Free, well, you, you, put, you, you, sac- yeah, you sacrifice like. blood and skin for it. Yeah. So I guess exactly. that's riddled with scars and fucking ailments. Like, come on. <laughs> All right. Fair play. Um, do you ever like, do you ever keep, is there any stuff that you like save or like put in a box for your like, Oh, I want to have this for later. Like, I don't know either. Oh, I mean, well, either... one of every pro products. Definitely. Right. Like is there, is there anything else that you save in your like, or you just think, Oh God, this might be worth something in like, I don't know. I'm 10 not or really that years. sentimental about skate pod where that's not like, unless like, like these Ant-Man wheels, I just thought they were cool. Just cause they're great. Like I hadn't seen a nice light gray wheel like that. So I hung on to those. Um, what else have I got over there? That's a future pro wheel idea right there. Just steal it. Just if they're not using it for that, you can use it. I mean, for... it's a great color. I, w- I would take that color like gladly. I mean, I got roped into having a red wheel this time, which I guess it kind of fit fitted with the skate, but it was just, I was stuck with BBC because that, that was the only idea I had. Like, I was, I was like really stuck. And Barry even told me off for it as well. He was like, no, man, DRC did BBC. Like you can't. That's true. They did. Yeah. I know. I turned around to the office and we're just like, look, DRC, I, I kind of making excuses. I was like clutching straws. I like, can't do it, guys. We've got to think of something else. And they were just like, well, no, you don't care, Sam. Like, that's, all we got. That's, that's your best idea. So what's your alternative idea? I was like, was there a Jurassic Park TV series? I'd, I'd have that, but don't know. The Warriors. I, I, I know, I've got loads of good movies. Like, Hopefully we can do movies next time because I can think of something good for that. Like the Blues Brothers probably will. Like a dark like, blue with like a silhouette of the Blues Brothers with the hats and shit. That'd be cool. Surely you can just get out ahead of that and pitch that to Power Slide and be like, do you know what would be a good theme? Films. Oh, and see, while we're talking about films, I just so happen to have what, like... I've got one idea. Um, yeah, I mean, generally when it comes to picking the um, the um, the theme, it is a group discussion that the pro team will get sort of put into an email thread and we decide what we want to do. Um, I didn't have any good ideas last time because um, they've done a lot of the really good ones already. If you think about it over the years, they've done like animals, um you know, food. video games did a, yeah, uh, food, food done one, yeah. now um i tried suggesting language as like well slogans like we could all have like a colloquial slogan from where we're from basically okay and i thought like nick could have some funny northern one or you can have some funny german saying i could have some london saying like we could all like you know pick something that was from where we're from yeah yeah maybe we could do something funny for spain yeah they said no shit so no one wanted to do it. <laughs> it was like that's crap we don't want writing on our wheels it's like i mean you have something that like embodies it and they're like don't know either way quickly dismissed email right. smashed straight out of the thread um so i've discovered you've got no ideas that's good right um, <laughs> we got off topic right so in light of recent current events i'm oprah you're Meghan markle and now right. we're about we're about to get we're about to have an explosive interview aren't we that's, that's right, what's we're about to tear up the royal family let's go for it yeah let's do it single-handedly take our power side right now let's do it um <laughs> Or let's let's talk about less controversial things. So Pro Skate promo that we got sidetracked from um was yeah, insanely big. And you've yeah, why why make a close to a 10 minute promo, seven minute plus promo? Um one, we had the time on our hands. Um, because my skate kept I just had more time on my hands basically. And also I didn't I look back at my previous pro skate promo and don't particularly like it as such like i mean no event like shaman worked very hard on it we did like i think it's a good edit but it felt very rushed because last time i got my sample the blue sample i'm gonna like, take offense to that though because the 
the top solo at St. Paul's was absolutely fucked, the disaster one. And the X grind down the glass rail, that could have went wrong in so many ways. Like yeah. grinding a glass drop rail with Yeah, no, gaps originally in it. my plan was to have sweaty it originally and Bauer talked me out of it. He's like, oh, mate, if you split it, like you'll cut your dick in half. Like, don't it's not worth it. Mate. And I was like, yeah. right, I guess I'll do an, do an X grind is kind of nearer to a soul, it's probably safer for me. Um yeah, I mean, obviously there was good tricks in it. I did like it. I didn't like, wasn't disappointed in the promo. I still look back at it and like enjoy good memories of it. But it was just a bit stressful. I had to just bang it out in like two, three weeks to get it done. Because um, I my sample basically arrived kind of late and then the release date got brought forwards. I was injured at the time. I'd torn the webbing in my fingers. So I had just like really, and I broke my thumb on my other hand. So basically I had no hands and was just like a couple of weeks to get this promo done. <clears throat> And of course, kind of stressful as well, because it's your first pro skate. You imagine like, you know, obviously most people are looking forward or would like to get a pro skate. You spent a few years looking forward and thinking, all right, if I did get the pro skate, I'd do this, that and the other. You'd make it really good in your mind. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so it was like, it was just a bit stressful. I was like, I w- would have liked to have had six months to shoot that promo. So then when the second skate got designed, I, I did have six months to shoot the promo. I was like, all right, plenty of time. Let's do this as well as we can. Unfortunately, also between... Um, between the lockdowns, like we didn't shoot this during, we shoot, shot some stuff during a lockdown. Majority was shot during, between lockdowns one and two. Um, but at this point, London was pretty much like, not deserted, but like, there was just no one around. Like obviously all the shops, there's no tourists, like everything's closed. All the famous monuments and stuff, like, you know, we've got the clips in Buckingham Palace Fountain. It was deserted. There was no one at Buckingham Palace. There's like a few people there, but like, when I say no one, I mean no one for like a usual day in June in the uk outside possibly the most famous monument in the whole country um yeah so you basically just had more time better opportunities and that's about it really yeah just more time and i just wanted to do it better so i was happy to you know i i ended up kind of pulling more resources into it than i possibly should have done like in hindsight i i still haven't made a promo for my uc wheel my red wheel was still just sitting there undone which is a bit annoying. I want to get that done. Um, but then by the time I finally was content with the section, winter was here and I was like, it was locked down again. And I was sort of trying to explain it to Sharman, like he, Sharman was really keen to shoot it. He was like, oh, let's go out. Like we'll film like a night edit. Like, you know, we BBC at night, you know, the BBC night theme TV bit. Um, so we had all these ideas as to what we we're going to do. But I mean, I just shot fucking a seven minute section and it was cold. I was just like, <laughs> You're like, I'm sorry, I've, UC I've, managers, but I just can't I've, be I've put in the work. Yeah. I mean, in the back of my head, I was thinking, like, right, at some point I'll do something because mm-hmm. most of the other guys just made park promos anyway. So, you know, that's all you got to do at the end of the day is do do something at least. So you've got to do something. Yeah. But I'm hoping now, like, I don't know, I guess I'll make up for it with the second wheel because they've already um, ordered the second wheel um, in the new color. Um, so I'll make much more of an effort for that because okay. I don't have a skate to promote then. Well, I'll continue promoting my skate, but it's already sold out to shops now. So there's not much more I can do to push the skates. Just whatever more you want to do yourself to for your own personal satisfaction. Nice. Um, that's what I was going to ask because it seems like Tom, like Tom Sharman, seems to make like the majority of your videos. Like he made your turning pro section, made your pro skate edit. He's made a bunch of things over the years with you. Yeah, I must have made at least fifteen odd edits with Tom, at least. Does Tom get paid when he does the, like... Yes. I always pay all my videographers. I make sure that um, 
if we're doing an FSK video, I'll basically just split the cash with them. Or I, you can pay them in a pair of skates. Ooh, um, that's hey, that's, that's actually like a, lot that's a go good that. commodity. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, no, but like, well, this is the thing from a company's perspective. Giving someone actual cash is you know, it's cash that comes directly out of profits. Yeah. Whereas products only cost cost price, the production yeah. price of them to actually produce the item. So yeah, a pair, giving someone a pair of Aeons, like, you know, I gave Tom a set of Aeons just for shooting all the photos that I've got for my ProScape. We managed to agree that from me. He handed in a file of like, you know, 50 decent photos. And I was like, come on, that's worth a pair of skates, surely, guys. And I was like, yeah, fine. Um, obviously, a pair of skates costs or is of value of like, you know, 240-odd quid to someone that's used to buying skates. But to the company, I, I mean, I don't know what the actual cost price on a pair of Aeons is. Yes, yeah, significantly less, yeah. Yeah, consider at least like, you know, 25% of that, like I'd imagine somewhere in that bracket, maybe 20 to 25%. Plus then he, yeah, could, so, add, he could sell the skate if it's brand exactly. new. And, then... and they're happy for him to do that because he's he's not expected to make any promo. His payment was a pair of skates. He can stick that on Blade Trade for 180 or even 150 and it'll sell the same day. Yeah, that's quite fun. That reminds me, actually, I use like, because I've got basically my entire office upstairs that I use for work. It's also got about like five or six of those massive plastic like chest box things with just like oh. wheel, wheel scene merch in it with like beanies, caps, long sleeves, mm. t-shirts. And there's one of my friends that I actually pay him to babysit in clothing. So I'll be like, oh man, like whenever we get like new long sleeves or a beanie or whatever, I'll be like, oh, do you want a long sleeve and a beanie? I'll be like, cool. And I'm like, you're going to babysit on Friday night? And he's like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> not oh, all my friends, like one sensible friend, not like. Yeah, not just, okay. I heard what you said. I mean, it's almost getting to the point with Shaman though, <clears throat> where he was basically just taking cash each time because he had so many bloody skates. And he's a bit lazy, couldn't be asked to actually do because he had a lot of um, time wasters on those blade trade pages. Um, but yeah, so he literally just had just too many skates. He was like, Mate, I can't, don't need another pair of FSK skates. I've got two pairs of Aeons. Like, I'm pretty stocked up for a couple of years now. Result. So, yeah, that's that's very, yeah. Yeah, that is quick. But I mean, that's fine. You do, sometimes I do work with other guys. I work, um, did that recent FSK thing with uh, Joe Harvey. Um, and just a couple of other guys that you wouldn't have heard of in London that just done odd FSK bits. I mean, it's mostly guys that like if they're at like university doing film and they're just happy to build up their portfolio, it looks good for them just working for a company and if you give them a pair of skates, it's like they're pretty stoked to be involved and generally like mutually beneficial for everyone. It's a cheap yeah. ticket for the company and that guy gets to work for a company and get some skates and stick that on his CV or whatever. So nice, generally mutually beneficial. So Tom seems to be like your go-to film guy. So why did you film this section with John? Because I've done the rest with Tom. <laughs> Short answer. Like, um, like, yeah, I've basically never done a full section with Johnny. Like, I'd had clips in like most of his like dirt box things here, and then I'd have like a random little friends clip in like the montage, or whatever. Uh, we did a mini section when he came to stay with me in Barcelona, but I'd never done a full section with him, and he'd done just like so many good things over the years. So like, he did like. You know, Bauer's Sweet Shin music, uh, his section with Leon, just numerous other long edits and parts. Can't so believe you left, out, you left out Alex Burston's Vanilla. Can't believe he did that. Okay, Burston's Vanilla. Also, Burston's 10 Days in London that he did. That, oh, that was also really that good was, for the booted, like, yeah. You went back Nugan down and along that BT ledge. You know what I mean? The shitty tar one. It's the, the one that's like, it's the rail, there's a rail. The, to the, the police station one. Is, is it not a police station? No, it's BT is in the you know, the phone company. Is it the, the down and along? The, the ledge goes down and along, but there's a rail to the left of it, which gets cut off kind of short. Yeah. If you remember when Roscoe's London thing? He did Top Soul Wall Ride on it. 
Yeah, I've, 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 no one else has done the wall ride. I've skated yeah, before. Yeah, the, all right, because it's like it's like a tailed ledge, isn't it? It's like yeah, those exactly, little yeah. tiny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it sucks. It's horrible. That spot. The land. Well, the landing on the next set of steps is deadly because it literally goes onto a main road. Yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah. yeah. And it's always just like where it's like an enclosed central bit of London. It's just like just really dirty in there. So a lot of like homeless people and crackheads hang out in there at night, I imagine. So it's just really just a bit dismal. Find the occasional human shit lurking behind the ledge that, or whatever. That like, caters to all of Johnny's like uh, like gully needs. He's like, yeah, this exactly. this this, this, this like literally everything. ticks every box of what I want a skate clip to be. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so you got to work on it with John. Who picked the spots? Because there's like a massive variety and some of them are really, yeah, some of them yeah. are like ones I've never seen anyone get yeah, clips on both. before. Um, which ones have you not seen people get clips on? Um, off the top of my head, I don't remember seeing the curve drop rail that you do the Bat Royale 450 off. Um, the kink rail with the security guards, the, well, the two kink rails with the security guard, I've never seen anyone do those. The, the one with like... The one with the gate across it. Yeah. yeah. So the, the one with the gate is outside the new Tottenham Hotspur football stadium. They right. just had a new stadium if you follow football. Nope. It's got the longest bar in Europe. Okay. Apparently. 60 meter bar. Um, yeah. So there's, it's just outside of that. So it's a new stadium. The one with the, the security that kick off hard, like the other one, the guy just was quite polite actually and just came out. Like, you know, certain security guards are nice and just ask you to leave and you just leave basically. Um, but the one in King's Cross where the security guy was being a bit of a dickhead, um, that is in a it's in a shopping centre in King's Cross. Uh, it's right next to the uh, train station. Yeah, tell us the story about that because obviously, <coughs> yeah, there's a bunch of like, like yeah, it might it probably looks footage. a bit confusing in the video because you know there's like there's the bail clips in the intro and then there's the trick, the actual landed trick. Yeah, so we went there on two but separate in, days. Yeah, you're in that. different clothes, so in different clothes. Yeah, so. The first attempt when I went there, um, we didn't quite realise it was going to be quite so busy there that day. But this kind of lended itself to us because we're like we're able to kind of hide in a crowd a little bit because there's people around. So we took a table at the bottom of the rest at the bottom of the kink rail. There's a little restaurant down there. <clears throat> Luke ordered himself some breakfast at the long angle. John and I were like had some tea and oh, I had a tea. John had a beer. We're sort of lurking across every now and then, having a few attempts to warm up. And then once I was like confident, I'd done the bottom bit like several times. All right, I think I'm ready to hop for the next bit. Uh, started going up to the top problem was at the top there's a security guy just standing just right there so it's you know it's london anyway so security's pretty tight inside of a shopping center to stop like you know you get a lot of like snatch and grab robberies or like gangs and stuff in london so you gotta watch like the security's tight for that reason basically um on top of covid as well so you know they're more just helping people socially distance at this point uh but yeah so when i went to the top of the stairs security guy's right there and you've literally got like just one try because he's going to see you on your blaze and tell you to take him off anyway he's not assuming you're going to do the kink he just thinks you're just some kid pissing around in his case um i didn't anticipate the fact that i didn't have a piece of wood for the blind man's at the top there was like a quite a hefty set of blind man's but like you know it was like blind man's and then a little bit of flat ground so i was hoping i could just like roll over it quick enough and then lock onto it i wasn't really able to lock onto it that easily like i kept like you know you, if you roll over blind man's you sort of get like a startled jump you don't you don't get a clean lock on because the security guard's right there, I'm on the rail now, and I like, well, I might get kicked out in a second. So I was just first few tries, I was just throwing myself down it. That's where those harsh bails are, because I'm just, I'm not warmed up enough. Normally, if you're going to do a kink rail to rail, you know, you do a several top soles, you size it up, get ready in the right. Okay, I'm actually ready to jump for the second one. Because if you don't make the second one, you're going to do what happened to me. You just miss the rail and just, unless you get to catch the rail neatly, 
you generally just splat downstairs. Yeah, you get pitched, yeah. Exactly. So that happened twice. I got pretty badly winded and injured. And then the security guards just came over as I was on the floor, just like, well, I was on the floor, I picked myself up pretty fast and then went back to the table and we're sitting there trying to blend in with our teas and beers and thinking we're being really sneaky. And the security guard was just standing over there, just like kind of really confused as to how to handle the situation. (laughs) And then he just came over and just like, Guys, you're gonna have to like get takeaway cups for me and leave. The basis kicks out the shopping center. But they were super nice about it. It was, it was actually the same security guard second time round, but not the arsehole one because there was two security guards kicking us out the second time round. First time there was just this one nice guy, who was like a kind of an old fella, who was just like just taking the situation very slowly and just being really sort of polite with us and asking us just to go on our way. But then second time around, we went there. Um, this was during lockdown now, so the shopping center was actually empty. Everything was totally closed. So we stuck out like a sore thumb. It's still a public through road to get to like Regent's Canal from to get from King's Cross Station to Regent's Canal. So it was kind of like open and easy for to get through. Problem was now the security guards are just like they're bored. They've got literally nothing to do. And the second we got there, they were just like kind of onto us. Like we were literally standing there for maybe like a good 15 minutes. And it's just sort of weighing up the situation. Like where we where our bags were, you see in a clip where we've run away after I've landed it and go back and grab our bags. We were sitting hiding under there, under where the bags are. Just look at the security guard who's up on the top because basically the layout of the shopping centre is it's like a sort of oval sort of ring like this. is like two uh, levels or whatever. And the kink rails go up between the levels. And the guy's just literally standing on the bridge up there just looking at us and we're looking back at him trying to pretend we're doing something kind of subtle and it's kind of this weird like waiting game not knowing like who's going to make the first move. And we're waiting for him basically to get bored and walk off. But he just didn't get bored and walk off. He just stood there just staring at us and we're just like, I mean, the rest of the guys are saying, like, let's just go, maybe come back later and it'll be a different guy working or maybe there'll be something to, to distract him. Blake, the legend, just took the initiative and was like, I'm going to jump on them benches over there and he'll chase me off, basically. And whilst he's distracted over here, you boys will get a couple of goes, right? I was like, okay, that's a great idea. Blake skates off, is just pissing around the benches over there on his free skates, like distracting the guy. He finally wanders off and then John and I run over and give it a quick go. I give it like a couple on the bottom to practice, but just the sound of me just grinding the bottom section and landing. It's, you know, it's like... It's going to echo around the entire it, it area, yeah. reverberating around the shopping centre. There was no one else in the shopping centre. It's basically just us. So the noise was carrying really loudly. Um, but then, yes, yeah, so I went back up to the top. <clears throat> at this point, the security guards now spotted me and come running back over. And then he said to me at the top, like, you've got to stop. I gave it one try as he's walking down the stairs. And then that's when he starts talking to John. I've now walked back up to the top of the stairs. And so at this point, another security guard's come over. The nice guy from the first time round. This is the new security guard, the older fella. So the old fella's now walking towards me. The militant guy's on the stairs talking to Johnny. Bit of an intense situation. I'm like, don't know if it's worth going because the nice guy's walking towards the top of the kink. I don't, can't even see if John's paying attention to film me or if John's actually genuinely talking to the guy. I just thought it was worth giving it one try. Gave it a quick go. Luckily, John just steps out from around the guy with the fish eye. Like, it was totally uncoordinated i just knew that john was most likely going to still be filming just because from john's style of filming if you've ever seen any of his b-roll stuff or any of the other stuff that he's filming he just presses record and just burns through tapes doesn't mind leaving it recording for as long as necessary and yeah luckily recorded it landed it and then got super stoked ran out of there went and celebrated that clip the clip because yeah because you see the interaction with the security guard like john talking to him and then all of a sudden you just appear from nowhere that that makes it even like the the trick itself is exceptional but that just adds that makes it like gold footage. oh sure yeah i mean it really added to the whole atmosphere of it like you got this guy that's there it's like 
superimposing is literally in the way of John. And also my favorite thing about it is as John steps out around it, the light breaks out from around the security guard. And there's just a really nice lens flare as it happens. And it's like, may I've just ticked all my favorite boxes here, pissing off security, VX lens flares, big kinks. There's a lot of yes for me when I landed that trip. I was fucking buzzing for like two days afterwards. What's that TV <laughs> show where they come out from? What's the TV show where they come out and they cut to a cover and they come out and it's like the it's like all the the smoke and uh, oh, what the hell is that called? Stars in their eyes. Stars in their eyes. That's it. Yeah. It's, like, it's like the stars in their eyes moment. You've that clip of you in France um, skipping around the security guard to do a fish brain in the shopping mall is doing the rounds again on Facebook. Yeah, doing the rounds again. Yeah, that, you're just um, you're gonna get the rep as like the ultimate little shithead to security well, guards because it, it's like it's like you so, decide oh they're here so it's time to put on a show. No, normally by <clears throat> if you're doing a dangerous trick and some security guards showed up like you already got enough adrenaline going through you like right I'm gonna fucking do this anyway and also this guy like. How much is he getting paid? He's not fucking going to be a hero right now. What's he going to do? Literally rugby tap you down. They're generally, they're just going to stand there like, like some sort of defender and a goal. Just like be a sort of, you know, like one of them clowns in a rodeo show. They're not really going to take the bull out. They're just going to like, oh, here he comes. Out of his way. Like, yeah, it's just every, a distraction. Generally, if you just focus on what you're going to do. You're going to so meet what? a job's worth. Every once in a while, you're going to meet a job's worth or someone oh, with a short do. temper yeah, that just feels like you're taking the piss by not listening to them. And they're going to, like, someone is going to put their hands on you eventually. Yeah, I mean, eventually. I mean, it did actually happen in France. You got to be careful with it because French security guards don't fuck around. Like in the UK, it's kind of similar to, well, I imagine how it's similar to America in the sense of like people are worried about getting sued. People don't want to assault each other. Like security guards would generally just, you know, they just stand in the way so you can't do it. So you don't assault them by going through them. They're, most of them just stand at the top of the rail and just sit on the rail or something like that. In France, though, they don't give a fuck. You know, I've been at like street contests in fucking France where they just pepper spray whole crowds to people. Like French police and French security don't fuck around. They used I was to people. Yeah, French French police definitely do not fuck around. I mean, they're yeah. used to people going out and rioting. Like, when did the UK? When did we ever riot? Like, the, I remember when the uh, the last London riots, two thousand eleven. I remember I was at, I just started uni in London. I rang up my dad and I was like, dad, it's fucking mental outside. There's a riot going on. Like, I literally, I don't know what to do. And he's like, don't worry, son, it'll rain tomorrow. They'll go home. I was like, what? <laughs> rain the next day, everyone went home. He's like, yeah, it's just like the Brixton riots. Lasts about two days and then rain and everyone went home. We haven't got the fucking stomach for a long riot. The French will go out. Like, you know, in France, they actually have designated holiday days to go and riot. Like, not riot, protest, sorry. It normally turns into a riot, but... <laughs> I mean that's true. They literally they have designated holiday. You know we got twenty eight days holiday a year. Yeah, they've got like twenty eight plus three for your. I don't know the name of it, but it's something to do with being a, your right to go and protest. Well, in France, yeah. they also yeah they also have the insane problem where they've basically got borderline favelas outside like Paris, where they try and like shove all the poor people and ethnic minorities, and that, yeah, the, of uh, course that's going to create a lot of the like, Cali jungle. Yeah, I mean, yeah. of course that's good. Not even that, just like outside in the like outer outer suburbs of Paris, like they basically just kind of pigeonhole like like poor people together yeah. into these areas and then they wonder why the people like, you know, it all flares up and reaches a boiling point. When I was in Paris, um, time before last night, I shoot my God's intro with um, Kevin and Stan and the guys and they showed me some parts of Paris and I was like, man, this is like, place is ghetto. It's fucking yeah. serious. Like, it's, yeah. it's not, like, this is not a place I want to like, be left alone in lucky i'm here with, like you guys i guess like you guys know the local area at least so if we've got to go we can get the hell out of it if i was here by myself like not speaking a word of french in the sort of kind of hood part Par of france yeah paris has got some scary yeah, areas yeah yeah 
little kids running about with mopeds and guns. I suppose it's not that different to some parts of London, I guess. But yeah, um, yeah not London like that. But most certainly. of, I mean, where I live now, in, like East London, like London Fields and Hackney, used to be pretty bad in like the early two thousands. But these days, it's so fucking gentrified. Like, you know, a loaf of bread will cost you nine quid in the corner shop, like in the sort of <laughs> in the bakery. In the bakery, you know what I mean, like. <clears throat> Um, cup of coffee is like four quid ask you like you've got nine different types of non-cow milk you know i mean like milk alternatives pretty nuts um, i mean i know I, i'd probably stick out like a sore thumb here because obviously i'm not from london I've got a strong sussex accent they just think i'm up some other posh wanker just living around it buying i mean and also my girlfriend's french she sends me down to buy that bread like, well embarrassed so i'm going down and like Imagine how it would have been like guys buying porn in the eighties. Like you've got to actually go into the shop with like your hood up and your cap down. Like, oh, I can't let my mate see me. Like just two of them fucking sourdough loaves quick. Make All right. Yeah. Throw in them bagels too. Fuck it. Just go, go, go. How much is that? 19 quid. Fuck. That's what contactless is for. Run. <laughs> run back to my yard. All right. Got the stuff. All right. I'm going skating. See you later. It's <laughs> a lot of bread. Um, you realize you dodged my question. You never answered who was responsible for finding the spots. Because I know that John's a big, John's a big, like, a stalker <laughs> of the city because um, he'll, he'll post on Instagram where he's just walking about all night looking at random council Yeah, stuff. I mean, a bit of both. So John had, like, spots in mind. He watches a lot of skateboarding videos. Uh, Bauer, too, watched a lot of skateboard videos. He put me onto a few spots. So it's a bit of both. Like, and I, of course, had some spots in mind already, like, that had been sort of, like, inspired from other stuff that I wanted to go and get. Like, the trick on um, Payco Lane, that true porn. It means to do that yeah. for, like least two years now but it just the situation just never came up also as well because it's like at the top of the rail um <clears throat> or the top of ledge rather there's <clears throat> like a fence or like a gate or whatever so i always it's imagine right. when i did a true porn that i was going to elbow the wall so every time i've gone there i've just been like you know thought oh if i elbow the wall and fall downstairs backwards or if i go too far side or you know worst case scenario if i can go off the drop you know I, go, I just kept putting off in my head. I was just like, it's not worth it. I hadn't found anything that I really wanted to do it for. And then, of course, pro group promo, you're like, right, this is, this is now's the time. And I've been thinking about doing it all summer. And it basically, again, just putting it off and off because I was just scared to do it, basically. And then, um, yeah, I, I mentioned it to John and it was winter. At this point, it's like no, late November. And I'd been there like a couple of weeks before. And the floor at this point was all slimy because it's right next, it's underneath a block of flats. So it's just all the scum comes off the building, just like moss from between. It's like, it's not a, it's a, it's a very central part of London. It's right near Liverpool Street, but it's just not a very, hasn't been redeveloped in years. Like the paving slabs there are all old and fucked. It's uh, just a bit of a grotty part of town or just a grotty street rather near a nice part of town. Um, so John literally went and got a blowtorch and just like dried the whole floor for it. Well, Blake did the dry and John just brought the blowtorch. Um, and yeah, John brought some lights with him and we just went there at night and did it basically. I kind of just worked out that, I just had to go quickly at it, basically. I'd rather than... I always imagine I'd go up slow and jump high and then lock on and like come, go down at more of a comfy pace. But um, I posted some clip of it the other day, uh, a mobile phone clip that Matt Stewart gave to me. He like climbed up on top of the um, on top of the fence. and Ma- filmed My old flatmate. Yeah, yeah, I'm aware you guys know, actually, yeah. Um, when he was 17, that was terrifying. I don't know why the hell I let him move into my flat. That was so weird. I was like 22. <laughs> he was 17. That was so strange. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of an age difference actually it's five years it's huge yeah, yeah. he was literally yeah, a little kind of, kid yeah i mean same as like yeah i, I guess actually you know you're part 
past the age where it's like you're almost on the same wavelength. It was like the same with me and my little brother when I was growing up. He was like, my youngest brother is five years younger than me. So when I was like five, he was a baby. When I was 10, he was five, 15, five, you know, all the way through like most of our adolescence, it was just a bit of a pain in the ass to get used to him being around because he was just like way younger than you and never wanted to hang out with him. So then once we both got past the age of 18 and now like, you know, he's 25 and I'm 30, it's just, you know, you're just brothers again. It's just nice. You pass that age where it's, you do stuff. I don't know. Anyway, we, used to, we used to have vicious fights in the flat. At one point, I, I wrapped a phone cord around his neck and he put a joint out on my face um, in the same fight. Yeah. So, yeah, we we used we did used to fight like brothers, but yeah. I've got a movie fight with all the props around you that you fight with. Like you got a phone cord, Bart Simpson in him. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so John, John basically uh, sorted the spot out for me to do it that day just because he was like, he wanted it to fucking happen. Um so yeah, he did make it happen, basically. Thank John for that one. It was my idea, but John actually made it happen. Um, the wall ride in Hackney Wick, where I sketch on the bike beforehand. Yeah, the distance for that, like the bank doesn't look like it it would Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't look like it would launch you that far. Even when you're roll, I'm like, he's still he's getting towed, but he's not gonna make it. It's I, I just didn't like, I didn't think you were gonna do that. Shallow, but like also it doesn't like it's not really shallow. It's not really steep. It's just like an odd shape. And also the bottom bit isn't flush as well. So it's like brick and the bricks start about sort of two inches higher. And then you've got the shit curve to jump up. So you got to take a long run up, which of course long each time between each attempts. Like, you know, you, at some point we'll release the B roll and the run up I take to get to that speed. Cause I can't just hold onto the bike for like a short distance. Obviously the bike's got to get out to pace. Yeah. I've got to skate alongside the bike, get on the bike and then compose myself and then fucking go over here, jump up the curb, jump on the bank, then jump onto the wall get a bit enough perch off the wall that I can jump into the other bank. And then by this point, I've had like, fuck it. By the time I was getting to this attempt to actually be in the far bank, my mates that I meant to be spotting the road have just cracked a beer and just started like forgetting about me. You see in the clip when I land, I fucking freak out. I land, roll backwards. I wanted to say fakie, of course, but I just turn around. I was like, fuck, because buses and lorries, it's an industrial estate. Like, you know, I'll, I'll die. <laughs> <I'll> fucking... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very easy to just be hit by a random bit of traffic in London. I mean, yeah. considering the two people I've got spotting me, I've got um, Neil Ingle and Mike Papaver, who are just like Neil's like a renowned fucking daydreamer, and Mike Papaver <laughs> likes a beer. So like, the pair of them are just like, <laughs> and by this point, you know, like John as well, he's like up on, he's climbed up onto the side of the A12, which is the motorway that goes past there. And you know, so he he literally, if he shouted, I wouldn't be able to hear him because he's got like a full motorway of cars going past him. So I was just a bit scared because obviously I'm taking a super long run up as well. So even if like they did try and let me know what was going on, like I tried to explain to them, like because I'm short sighted as well, I'm not going to see the expression on their face. I'm not going to hear them shout. I need you to do something really crazy. If, if a lorry or a bus is coming, you're going to need to do like fucking like do the full like, you know, Team America, like the subtle gesture, like to give yeah. us one of those quickly. So like make sure I know. Um, yeah, so that was my idea. That's why, actually. Sorry, okay. my hair keeps going in my face. It's really annoying me. I put a beanie on. You need to get a, get a wee bobble and put the man bun and make no, make uh, no. make James Bear happy. Keep I'm, obviously seeing my reflection in this camera here and just realising I've got the stupidest haircut. Go and get one of your go and get one of your Mrs. Bobbles and put in put in the man bun. Go on, it'll make it'll make Bower's yeah, ear. USD cap here instead. I could go like you know Formula One fucking interview afterwards where they're like put on the hat, do that instead. Yeah, no, that, that was more to hand. Got that um, hand. What were the other highlights from it? Oh yeah, I've I've already yeah. asked you about this. Uh, ripping off poor Andy Spady 
our, our mutual <laughs> friend ripping him off in the 540 over well, the flower bed. Technically, Andy tried to rip me off, actually. <laughs> Why? I, I thought, I'm sure you told me he attempted it first. I, no, no, I'd fucking fa- I hadn't found the spot. My, I'd actually seen it in um, Mike Simpson in one of his DRC edits, does like he gaps to roll on it. And I saw it in, in that and thought, wow, so, like you could probably gap over that, right? <laughs> or something. Anyway, so John and I and Luke Thompson were planning to go there and shoot that. Andy texted us saying he was in London and we said, yeah, we're going to go do this gap at Westfield. Like, tag along, like, come with us. Got there and he just started doing it. I was like, hold on. So I don't, I don't feel Wait much remorse. No, no, you don't. I don't feel much remorse for Andy not landing the five of me landing it. Like, but no, I mean, I'm, I'm just joking. Andy's welcome to do the gap with me. I'm never like, I, I don't really follow that strict London fucking, you know, the politics in London of like people doing other people's tricks or don't, if someone's don't blow up the spot. Yeah. Like, like I remember Bauer going fucking ballistic at me about 10 years ago because he was doing some gap and he was about to film it. And I just did it like with, without a camera, just because I wanted to do the gap. And he said like for the next six months in his head, he was like, Crofty. I mean, that is kind of, <laughs> that is kind of mugging someone. See if someone's hyping themselves up to do something and then you just shit all over them. That is kind of, well, that's disrespectful. I figured it would be motivating. Figured it'd be like, you know, he's done it. Wait like, a probably- minute. I know the one you're talking. That, that isn't the one that John filmed and there's a clip of it. Oh, there's nah, one where John Flit, and then afterwards Bowers like, I was going to do that. And, but I can't remember whether it was you or Leon. Maybe it was Leon. Dunno, the one I'm talking about was in City in the Seed. Um, Matt, what, 360s in the intro? It's like you go to this like whoop you do roof that's like, and there's like a kicker at the end. Right. And it looked really fun. You like go off the fucking, you go whoop over the roof and then fire off. It wasn't, it wasn't like I just jumped some set. It was going to like a boring, any old whatever stair set. It was a fucking awesome spot. I just got to London as well. I, did, I hadn't really I fucking whoop de do roofs in Chichester. Got a skate park, got a shit mini ramp and a few drop rails. It's crap. So you get to London <laughs> and the first thing you do is make enemies with the locals. That's your, that's your thing. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> is, is that why it took so long to film a section with John? Because James Burroughs like, don't do it, man. He's, he's a kill him. Don't do it. Don't, don't, do it. Prick from out of town. don't, don't touch that guy. Um, there was something else I was going to ask. Know, well, tricks. Um, yeah, what was what, like? What what trick are you like the most proud of in the section? Which one are you like? Oh, I really are that you wanted for ages, or was the hardest to get, or you were like, yeah, like that's that in my opinion is the best the best trick in the section. Uh, I got a few answers for you, I guess. I mean, the true porn. I'm happy with that just because it's been in the back of my mind for fucking ages, and I landed it nicely. So it's kind of how I wanted to do it. Um, the ender, of course, I'm happy with. I'm glad I did that. Didn't want to do it at the time because it was just shit scary. It was like, you know, it was like a short run up, mossy takeoff, pit of literal, like, obviously, that's in death. the middle of London. It's full of pit, like, pit I don't know, of death in that pit. Yeah. There's like pipes and shit poking out of it. Like, you know, I'm still in the doghouse with my girlfriend for doing that. Every time the edit comes up in conversation, she's just like, like hasn't fucking fully forgiving me for it my dad and brothers as well showed them the edit at christmas and they were just like they were really enjoying the section until that bit and they were just like their faces dropped and they were just like oh, it's just too far sam it's just it's just too far i was right? talking like, i was talking to mike welland about it i was like that that is one of the first times in recent memory where something scared like i watched john sent me a preview of it and it actually right. scared me because your your wheel misses it by like yeah, like, yeah, mate, like inches. and I was like, Mike, I genuinely, I did not believe he was going to be. I thought that was going to be one of John's clips where Sam just drops into the hole of death. 
that was obviously in the back of my mind when I'm taking the run up to it. Like, I mean, you see in the clip, like, generally speaking, if I go to do like a gap or a stunt, just don't hesitate. All right. If you're going to fucking do something, just do it. Just take a full run up and jump as well as you can fucking jump. And I'm standing there and like, normally I just go straight away and I literally stand there for a second. I have to like, I do like a little weird jump on the spot. Like I'm like trying to hype myself up to like get motivated to do it, which I don't normally do. But yeah, even still after I landed it, you can see the expression on my face. Like I take, take the run up I, as I'm running up towards it. It's the first run up I've taken at it. I'm like, I don't know if I've got enough speed. I'm just like thinking I've just got to jump as high as I can fucking jump and get my legs up in the air. Like, so it's not, it's not the cleanest of jumps. You see, as I jump before, I literally use all my arms to like do the full, you know, obviously, I'd like to keep my hands a bit more, a bit more bobby down here, not quite up fucking there. I mean, so, when, like, when it's when it's a question of survival, it's not about yeah, making exactly. it look it's pretty. It's, it's just, stuff. it's just, yeah, not I dying. Know, I don't care if I'm leaving like a fucking cat, I'm just like, stuck on the edge, and I have to like shimmy myself up. God, that did actually happen um, whilst filming this. So I forgot about that. There were some tricks that we didn't actually land that didn't go into it. So, you know, um, do you remember in my USD intro? in like 2012 or 13. Um, there's like a curved drop rail in Westbourne Park that I did top star 180 on. And it's like a really high drop on it. So you can go down and round and then jump off that way. Remember that? Not off the top of my head, but I'll be able anyway, to find the clip. It's a, it's a curved drop. Oh, you won't find it. That edit's gone. It was lost in the uh, in the big Vimeo power slide crash. Ah, uh, right, okay. When basically all the music rights, they just shut down the power slide uh, Vimeo account. Um. Anyway, yeah. So I was trying to just do. I've been there before and done the top cell one eighty. So I was trying to do like top cell five off it to film for this. And I just a bit too confident thinking about the five. Just missed the top cell completely. I've never done it like this. And I draw it like fully missed it and just dropped and went under my armpits and was literally like hanging like that off the drop rail. And at a moment where I looked down and then looked up and I was like, oh, do I drop? Do I climb up? And I, I'm not very strong, by the way. As, as you can see with me lifting my arms, I've got very noodly little arms. Um, yeah. And yeah, I just sort of was like hanging like that, like a fucking stupid cat for a second. I didn't really know what to do because I was like, I couldn't drop. So I had to shout to, um, I think Luke Thompson was at the top or someone else. I had to shout to him like, hey, like, you have to help me. I can't like, I don't st sit at home doing fucking bars. I'm not like, you know, not doing that. Um, yeah, so I had to get pulled up for that one. Um, trying to think of other tricks that you want to talk, might want to talk about. Um so you, you were saying there was multiple tricks that got away. So they're like... Oh, yeah, yeah. At least right. like three tricks, like three good ones that I can think of off the top of my head. So there okay. was that. There was the curve dropper in Westbourne Park. There was also, um, so you know the the wall ride that Ollie does in Face the Music at London Bridge off the Needle? The Monument, yeah, yeah. The Monument, yeah. So I went there. I do, You've done that recently, though. I did, yeah, right. So um, I did it on, it was like a Sunday... And it was really fucking cold. And I did the War Ride 180 the same way Ollie does. Not the same way, but the same trick as Ollie. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't too difficult, to be honest. I thought it was actually kind of easy. Um, and kind of like that played in my mind for the next week. Because, I mean, when I did it kind of easily, it was also freezing that day. So I was like wrapped up, had like gloves and like a beanie and stuff on. And I was thinking to myself, like, if I went there on like a warmer day and like with better conditions, because also where that's on London Bridge, you get kind of wind, it's a bit windy because it's kind of open there. Yeah. So it's like a really harsh, cold winter wind in my face. And I managed to do it kind of easily. So I was thinking, like, if I went there on a sunny day, maybe I could do Wall Ride 360 off of it. And went there, gave it a few solid tries. Like, did like basically, also as well, where the run up to that 
is you've got like it comes like downhill off the bridge then it goes uphill to the stairs and then you go onto the bank on the side and then the wall the monument of it isn't actually a flat wall it's like a 45 degree thing that yeah. comes slightly back this way so you go like down up into the side and then round to do your 180 so but by the time you're actually coming off to do your 180 you're already almost nine you're at 45 degrees before you're coming off the wall so then you've only got to get the extra like little bit to get round fakie so you actually at one point you're in the air at 90 degrees and you kind of sit in there for a second and then you just kind of plop down and land on your feet I felt I had so much hang time in there that I was like, right, if I just give it an extra, like, if I just jerk it, I can probably make the 360 out of it. And did that on one of the attempts, like, just did, like, a lofty 180. And then as I was coming down, just quickly turned around the other 180 and landed, like, on my feet. And then just, like, but I was leaning forward, so it slipped onto my knees and obviously didn't land it. But that was, I was, like, really motivated. I was like, fuck, I'm actually going to do this. This is going to be fucking great. Went back up there to give it another go. And at this point, I got a bit too confident at giving it. And also, I was getting, like... I wasn't doing it with enough regularity, if you know what I mean. Like I hadn't like fully practiced how to use this wall yet. I hadn't done enough wars off it to really be super comfortable. Right? Like I was just too confident for what I, for my ability on the wall. Anyway, and one of the next guys, I tried to like throw it a little bit too hard and my feet actually got caught on the wall and I leant forwards and like I sort of went off access basically. And at this point I'm like face first going off the drop side like that. Fortunately, I managed to catch one of my feet on the wall as I'm rolling down it and just like push off of that and like land on my feet and like get away with it, basically. Like one of those just sort of like, you know, mental moments where you go off axis and you do some weird little cat shit and land back yeah, on your feet yeah. miraculously. Scared the fuck out of me though. And I was just like, there's no way I'm getting back up there again. And John was just like, oh man, like you just basically did it a minute ago. Like just get back up there. And I remember like I went back up to the run up, stood up there and like just thought about it for like five minutes. I'm just like, fuck it can't actually do this i couldn't like wrap my head around it yeah i couldn't bring myself to go back there and do it so ended up walking away from that and then instead we went around the corner to that um to the church that i do like the macchio stall and drop into the steep bank oh yeah like the bricks yeah the brick yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. a bricky bank thing um so i ended that instead just because it was closer and i was still like pretty frustrated actually because i hadn't done the previous trick Got a fucking hell of a hill bruise doing that though. Was doing like obviously wall ride 360 and just landing just like straight down on my heels. Yeah. Gave it like at least five or six decent tries on the wall ride, and then went around the corner to the brick bank thing, and that took another five or so goes. So at this point, my heel was like pretty tender by the end of that, but it was fine. Heels always play out from time to time. That's one of those spots that when you see in footage, you're like, oh, this looks amazing. And then I literally lived like five minutes away from it and I'd pass it every day on my way to work. And I'd always stand at the top of the stairs and go, this is actually quite hard to skate. Like it's like, like oh, you said, like, yeah, you yeah, get the run up to it and then it just goes up the way and then the landing's weird. And then, the, yeah, like. It's all off. Like, it's not like your standard, like set of stairs, run up and landing where everything's just flat and it's like easy sort of like right angle shapes to deal with. It's like almost feels like a bowl almost. It's like you go down and like up and then get round like, but the war 180 bit feels really nice because you can just flow it and do it really quickly. Right. The 360 hours just, maybe I was just being a bit too big for my boots and thinking I could do it. But I mean, I'm, I may still go back one day and give it another crack, but in no rush. Go back I at mean, some point. you're going to need to be because it's going to have to be a lockdown session because I don't remember ever being there where that, there wasn't at least a hundred people on the landing. Yeah, that was the problem as well. So between attempts, that's what I'm saying, like with the regularity of my attempts, there's Borough Market just next door to that. Yeah. So just there's across the street, yeah, yeah. Just like pouring in and out of the road. And like, you know, I'm getting super frustrated. A couple of attempts I took, I was trying to weave through the crowd, which is just stupid because you're not gonna get like I was just getting frustrated basically. I've been standing there for like 
you know, five, six minutes trying to do something that I know is going to be really fucking hard. And then obviously like your adrenaline kind of wears off a little bit and you sort of get a little bit frustrated. And yeah, my head was just all over the place. So I couldn't do it. So I had to walk away from that one. Very frustrating though. Have you ever Everyone done the, the double chrome rail next to it? Like, you know, just up for it, there's the double. No, never. No. Uh, but Bauer's trying to do something on that soon. We've taken there a couple of times, but um, we just get kicked off every time. At the bottom of that chrome rail, there's just a security guard that's just sitting there and just, you got probably one go at it. Right. And it's not, it's not really a joke that double chrome rail because they're like it's just like the first thing the chrome's like that fat anyway. And you got two really of them. steep. It's really steep, and you've got these dirty big supports between the things. So, you know, if you get tangled in that, like you, you know, you might have some sort of life changing injury. You may like you know tear some sort of something, or I don't know the scientific terms, but be fucked afterwards, basically. Yeah, very possibly. Um... So, yeah, I would say the section was a success. How do you think it measures up to your other sections that you've had in the past? How would you, like, where would you put this one? It's definitely one of my better ones. It's definitely, like, top three, I'd say. Um, top three? don't know. What, you got, you got any, what other ones would you say are up there? Uh, I liked your pro introduction one, just because that first clip, the one where you do the gap over the rail to wall ride, that was just... Mm. Yeah, you, like that one. you wall read really high on that as well like higher than i expected considering the leap you have to make to do it and then the 180 into the schoolyard at the end was just fun yeah, there's, there's some really good tricks in that one i did like that one too um yeah i mean there's the big drop into the bank at the end of that that's probably one of the best yeah probably one of the best things i've ever done i think definitely one of the most dangerous most scary um um obviously i had the nice uh cork at the start of that too i remember that doing like the cork round to like, hop this way and hop back onto the rail um yeah i guess that's up there that'd be one of the better ones too it's quite short though um it's only like two minutes long which i guess is like pretty standard length for a... yeah, but length length doesn't equate to how good a section is and sometimes it being shorter is yeah. good because you're like that just I mean, blew my mind and it's all it's over already sizemore is like the master of like quality over quantity just puts out like two minutes but just leaves you watching that two minutes again and again and again yeah. like you know every trick in it but you love every trick in it that's what it's all about like um I think other edits are done. Broke with Nick, good fun. That was just like, just really good times. Just, you know, we we're in like basically the Portuguese sticks, just driving around with Vince and the Hang Losers guys, just getting taken from place to place. The impression of that video is that you guys just get into conflict everywhere you went. Was that, was it's it awesome. as bad? Was it as bad as that, or is it just the way it was edited? It looked like at every other yeah. spot you guys were just getting hassle. Nick's international, like, not just you as well. No, you were getting it as well because there was people just shouting in your face. Yeah, I mean, it's just Barcelona. Like, no offense to the Catalans, but they do like a moan. They just, but they're not really that like forthcoming with it. And of course, like maybe I don't know. Maybe it's different for the local Catalan skaters. Like, I imagine if like maybe Mitchell and Carlos, like Mitchell's not Catalan, but when the local Catalan or Spanish residents go skating, um, maybe they can like you know they can actually talk and reason with these people. But if you've got the likes of myself and Nick, these two like kind of pasty English guys that probably they probably think we're tourists. Like, I mean, it doesn't matter whether we're visiting or living there or whatever. They're just like, you know, they just see you as a vandal at the end of the day. I mean, if you think about, imagine living in Barcelona. That's been like the go-to skate spot or skate tourist hotspot of Europe for the best part of three decades now. Yeah. Every spot you see in town is just kind of fucked. Like all of the famous spots are so fucked now. Even around like, you know, the famous parts of um, 
like the super famous skateboard spots like, like around Macbro and stuff there's graffiti on the wall saying like skaters fuck off skaters go home skaters let us sleep like because people are just there like constantly living some sort of holiday party lifestyle so i do kind of i really empathize with them because obviously i still want to skate myself but i kind of i see where they're coming from a little bit because you know they've got literally thousands of people from all over the world coming and destroying their public property which i imagine they get taxed for and they have to repair that or maybe the spanish government doesn't put enough money into it because it's just a constant problem they don't have the money to repair it constantly so yeah you, know, you kind of see where they're coming from with being really angry so it's just it's part and part parcel of barcelona does, I mean, next I, speak, does next speak the language no, <laughs> he's never he's never bothered to let like he's been there for what the better part of a decade. Yeah, he's been at least seven years or so, seven eight years. Um, no, Nick's got his like survival Spanish down. He's basically the BCM master. He knows how to do everything there. I never really got as good as, as doing stuff there as he did. Like, I mean, I every time I'd go into like the bank or something like that to, to do something, or like going into like a shop, like I was just stuck. Like he somehow just had enough that he could talk to people and not get ripped off and just get away with everything and just go about his day-to-day life. But I still literally for like the entire time I was living there, I'd have someone try and rob me at least once every month or two. Someone would try and pickpocket me. And every time I went into a fucking shop, they'd just make up a number when I got to the till as to how much I was had to pay. And obviously every time going around adding it up, I was on like living there on an absolute shoestring. So I knew exactly how much I was spending in the shop. But you get to the other end, it was like they pick up the can of beer and be like, yeah, dos euro. And I'm like, it's not two euros, mate. It's fucking 79 cents. It's one euro from that bloke standing in the street out there. It's like keeps him in the drain nice and cold. And it's colder. Has, yeah, but has this covered in piss? <laughs> exactly. <but laughs> yeah, so I mean, I can't remember where I was going at this point. Um, just people in, oh, you mean Nick, Spanish people? Nick, you know? Nick surviving in Barcelona and yeah, your two different experiences. Yeah, Nick was just just much better than me, just more way right. more experienced. Okay. Uh, you know, yeah, it was just kind of constant, like people trying to fucking rob me. That was really Bar- Barcelona is rough for that. Like every every time yeah, I've been there with my hard, partner yeah. or been skating, like I've had the shit kicked out me in Barcelona and been mugged, and I've been yeah, at the yeah. beach and you just watch them operating because they've got like two guys on the on the like boardwalk watching. Yeah. Then you've got a guy that walks in and you'll see people go into the into the water and then he will just sit down at their at their like sun lounge or whatever, pretending it's his and then just lift a bag and walk back up. Yeah. And they've got, they've got a system. Yeah. It's all like meticulously planned. Yeah. And they're targeting like, you know, susceptible people. I'm like, you know, I'm not a big guy. I'm a small blonde, sunburnt English man, probably a little bit drunk. You know, I'm a fucking target. Like they're going to get me <laughs> unless I'm on my skates and I'm bombing around really quickly. As soon as I take my skates off, I'm just back to like square one, like yeah. super vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Slow moving target. Yeah, exactly. that's true. Um, we got sidetracked again. Right. So when's the pro skate out in the UK? Now. It, it's it already available in shops. It arrived at the warehouse last Tuesday. Um, pairs should be arrived. My pairs arrive on Thursday. So I assume the shop orders would have gone out before mine. So it would have been higher priority. Um, so yeah, Loco and all the rest of the shops and head on skate and all the guys across Europe that will be getting them as stock. Skate Pro will have them. Grindhouse will have them. They'll be probably in the US by sometime next week, I imagine. Skate Pro, the one, one, Skate Pro the one Quinny works for? Yeah, the Danish one. Right. Um, of course they're going to be in Asia first. Like, they make them in Asia. Yeah, I know, but like, it's, it's well annoying. See if you want your skate first, move there. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's just like... It's, 
getting tagged in so many random things like blokes in indonesia like, yeah. that has got to be frustrating i know because you, you start seeing it like like weeks and months ago and they're like hey i'm holding the skate and you're like that's yeah. my fucking skate you're holding my skate why am i not holding anything like it takes a while to get used to seeing other people in your pro skate particularly some random matey in like indonesia or malaysia and he's like fucking buzzing to have him <laughs> it's like all right bit, bit bizarre not quite used to that yeah yeah that is weird so when are you when are you buying the new whip? The new whip? What with all my crazy amounts of money I'm you've making? Got the, you've got the the royalty. You, you're, um, not, you're not balling out now. Is that not what happens? No, not really. No, I'm pretty. You get the skate. You have a big party in the shards. You invite a hundred of your closest friends, and then I don't think I could. Like I was actually in the back of my mind thinking that when the edit dropped, I was going to like you know try and do some sort of party or like have the guys around or do something, but. Covid party, yeah. Celebrating it, like we've been working on this for ages. So I wanted to do something. In the end, I just had a couple of beers with Bauer. That was about all you can do in a lockdown. You know, you, you know, your neighbours will literally just rat you out. Yeah, they'll grass you up. Yeah, it's literally illegal to have people around your house. So you don't, you I'm don't want to pull a Niger. Do you see what happened to Niger Houston? I did. Fucking, he had a forty <laughs> people in a house party. And um, is it Fairfax? Fairfax. Fairfax. He's a fucking dumbass. Like he's he's going to the Olympics. That like he's jeopardizing his Olympic team yeah. spot just to get pissed <laughs> I don't, does he drink like he doesn't yeah as oh, well. oh my god like he's got this thing on youtube called send saturdays every saturday yeah, I, he goes I, I know of course who he is but one of my friends told me about it and they were like oh you need to watch these every saturday he goes street skating with his friends and he fucking sends it on street like he goes to you know the the spot that uh aragon does fakey fakey 540 tops all down yeah like he goes there and just skates it with his mates for fun and that is a steep rail yeah sure so he'll do that and then they all just jump in the back of like they'll rent like a bus and then they'll just they get the vodka out straight away just start drinking straight vodka and then they'll just go to a rave that like because i basically that was the comparison that everyone always said they were like yeah he's basically the aragon of skateboarding and i always thought like i mean i don't know aragon i don't know brian aragon uh, is not a partier yeah yeah exactly though i've seen him at events He's not really drinking. He's just there hanging out. He might have a beer or something. He's not like... Well, he'll, yeah, drink, he's... he'll drink the night after the contest, but he will, he will never drink the night before the contest. No, he's not jeopardizing performance. Yeah, exactly. I imagine Nigel was the same. Yeah, he does like fucking, what's it called? Street League. Like he's... Yeah. But he definitely, he, he like, because he loves to go, half the videos of them just going to raves in like Arizona and stuff like that. So something tells me he likes, he likes to party. Yeah, fair enough. Kind of like him a little bit more now. Like, <laughs> fair play. Not such a square. You're actually pretty sick. <laughs> um, oh, no, he's still a robot, but yeah. Like, yeah, he's... no, he's a double robot now. Like, he's he's making it difficult for himself and still coming through amazing results. Like, yeah. That's an yeah, extra spin. I, I think he's won more street leagues than anyone, yeah, anyone else, or like won the majority yeah. of them or something. Um, you're a millionaire from doing it. You keep you 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 keep doing this to me tonight, right? You keep like deflecting from the questions. So, what happens with the royalties from the skate? Do you get like how, how does it work out? <laughs> I, 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 basically, I want to know how much you're going to tell me about royalties. Um, my royalties are the same as what the other USD royalties have been for the past ten years. Nothing's changed. Um, there is a movement to change it though. Obviously, with what happened with Danny Beer and Julio's movement the other year or not, not movement but like what happened with Danny Beer's skate I don't have it, the exact numbers on it but pro skates that weren't in this 2021 catalogue heading forward like future releases for late 2021 that weren't in the catalogue or releases in 2022 <coughs> royalties will be substantially higher for these riders um, 
I don't have any concrete numbers. You, on that. You're not going to tell me what your current royalties are. It's two dollars okay. per skate on a run of. Depends on how many skates you get. I'm getting five hundred of mine though. Thousand. That seems that seems very low. It's not. Yeah, it's that, that low. That seems low to me. A thousand, you get. I, mean, a I, don't, I don't consider that to be a lot of money. I don't consider that to be high. And proportionally to like how much they're going to make from selling the skate, yeah, that's not a lot of money. I mean, your rent's got to be like six, seven hundred. What, sorry? Your rent's got to be like seven hundred. Well, and the rest, mate. I live in East London. It's fucking rip off around here. My girlfriend thinks that London ends at zone two, though. I keep saying like we should move out to like you know Ilford or like Hainal, oh. just somewhere fucking miles away. I'm sorry, so if you, if you if you go more than half an hour outside the city, it's not. <laughs> I don't care what postcode it is. It's not London. It may it may as well be anywhere. No, but she thinks it ends at zone two. She works in zone three. Stratford's just over there. She works there. But she doesn't think that's London. She's like, yeah, I'm just going to work and you know, popping out of town. Fucking notch. So um, right. So you get so you get like two quid for a pro skate. How much how much would you get for like a pro wheel? Uh two hundred and fifty dollars you get for that. Okay. Um but I mean there is plans to increase this, as I was saying. But I don't have the exact numbers on it because it's still like up in the air. They're still trying to work out how they're going to do it. The plan is basically they're going to raise the price of pro skates and with the money that's raised, award this money to a higher royalty to the skater. So the plan is to increase it. When Danny Beer, everyone found out the numbers on that, obviously everyone was like up in arms. They're like, that's way more than what I'm getting. So, and, you know, team managers understood that and knew it and owners and organisers of the company were just like, yeah, we're going to make that happen. It is is a very... It's an admirable model, but it's a very adventurous one. And for all we know, them might not stick with it because that that could be really hard to sustain. Exactly. He's, I mean, hats off to Julio. Once again, he's kind of ahead of the curve and is trying something new, new and good for rollerblading. So, sorry, excuse me. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see the longevity of that, see how it goes. I can't foresee that. I'm not that very good with business or economics. I don't know what's going to happen. But we'll see. Time will tell. I'm not not that good at business, says the UK sales rep for PowerSlide. <laughs> I mean, um, doesn't really involve too much business, to be honest. It's more about product knowledge. That's why I think I got the job on the basis of that. Right. Because um, so at the end as- of the day, we've got a catalogue with like several thousand items in it. And they need someone to basically go around all the shops, show them and explain to them exactly what it is. I mean, I'm not, it's not up to me to tell people how many of their skates to buy. I, I don't walk into Loco and tell Jake, he's like, right, you've got to buy 500 pairs of Aeons. Jake's the businessman. Jake knows what to do. I've just got to go there and explain to him the new feature of the product. I've got to, obviously, at some point, I, I would have if it wasn't a lockdown, but I've had to go in there with my skate and explain, like, right, this is the skin, this is that, this is the updates on the cuff. So, and it kind of makes sense to someone like myself that's, like, actively using the products because I can give them a more, you know, in-depth, user-friendly answer. Yeah. You know, there's no point having some bloke that's just a salesman walking in there and going, oh, that's a different shape cuff so it's a, it's a rollerblade it's a red one it's a red roll I'm, I'm selling you a red rollerblade that's how i ended up with the job because they had some salesmen doing it beforehand and he eventually wound up the shops because you know you've got some guy going there telling people what they need to buy when they don't literally you know then the guy doesn't even know anything about skating so i mean i'm not i didn't get the job of my business experience i've got very little business experience just on product knowledge communication skills all that sort of stuff. How long have you been doing it now? It'll be three years this summer. 
must be going all right then. Like they must be happy with the job you're doing because skate companies notoriously tear through staff, especially like team managers and stuff like that. Like they'll be there for like six months and then lose the job. Yeah, I assume I would have been fired by now if I wasn't doing my job correctly. Yeah. Must be doing something right. So between like if if you weren't working for Powerslide, would you be able to survive just on a pro skater salary? Uh, yes, it depends what where you're living and what level of comfort you want in your life. Okay, like, let me put it this way. Would you be able to live <coughs> in your current accommodation and have money for like like everything yeah, you I mean, need, I, like food? I live with my girlfriend, so that halves most bills. Um, I don't entertain a pretty lavish lifestyle. I don't go out for dinner very often. I'm my most happy just going out skating and having street beers, which, you know, and also it would also depend where I was how serious I was about just doing it as a professional athlete. I'd moved back to Barcelona in a flash. I know that you can't really entertain it in London. It doesn't really work like that. Like London rents. It's like, you know, it's one of the most expensive capitalist cities in the world. May as well move back. I'd move maybe if I wanted to stay in the UK, I'd probably move up North or move like to somewhere that looks a little bit cheaper. I know it's probably quite difficult to skate up North. I imagine with like the weather and transport and that sort of thing. So I'd probably be moving back to, Spain. I'm moving back to Barcelona. Or if I wanted to do it really cheaply, I'd maybe move to the south of Spain. I remember Joe Egan and um, Josh Glowicki had a house in Malaga a few years ago, if you remember. Yeah. And they had a room come up and they actually offered me the room. It was only like 150 euros a month or 200 euros a month. And I was like in the back of my head because I was in Bar. I think I'd left Barca or I, I can't remember where I was. I wasn't in Barcelona at the time. But I was seriously in the back of my head like, I was only am for USD at the time. And I was like, shit, I could probably like just do that on my my money I make from skating and like FSK stuff. You know, it just depends what you want to what you're expecting in life. Spain Spain generally is cheaper to live in and Malaga is a Malaga is a small, like sleepy city. Like it's not it's not busy. Yeah. I mean, we get paid in Euros, so you may as well live somewhere in Europe where the money goes way further. Yeah, you know, I don't think yeah okay so in answer to your question no i probably couldn't live in this flat in east london i mean i could but i just wouldn't be that I'd be a bit miserable i wouldn't have enough money to do everything and but i could li- i could live in spain nick does it perfectly fine but nick is out skating every single day he's out making himself really productive and useful for the company so it's just yeah. that's what you gotta do basically just look at the example nick sets that's how you do it if you want to make it just as an athlete run for power slide just copy exactly what nick's doing <laughs> that, every day get a nick, 60k following nick's, nick's the exception though nick is nick is not the rule nick is the exception nick is like a freak he's just bloody good that's what i mean he's like freakishly talented on skates so that's not like oh just be like nick well easier fucking said than done well, it's easier said than done but you said is it possible to do it i was like yeah fucking he's doing it he's yeah, doing a great job. <laughs> yeah. well that's because it's, it's some it's some some like Somewhere along the line, he was like, oh, well, sections are working out all right for me, but viral Instagram clips are bringing in the cash, so let's do that. And he's just absolutely killing it with those like single-trick clips. I see some of the stuff he's doing as well, like the random companies that have approached him and stuff. Like, I see him and Danny keep tagging Bodeby in their stuff. Like, are they just getting free sandwiches now and stuff? Like, I don't know what Bodeby is. But it's an amazing sandwich place just down um, near Barcelona Harbour sick there's always a queue like guarantee the queue goes like miles down the road it's a nightmare to get a sandwich in there but they are fucking incredible okay like, nick's always just tagging them in there it's like does he just rock up to Bodeby and just like wave and they just sling him a sandwich out the window that's how i imagine it goes down i haven't spoken to him about it but 
going to want probably, to know it's that. probably like when he what's his other mate who works in the pizzeria is it mario or something oh, yeah, yeah he's well, probably I think his name's not actually mario. His i know it's like nick yeah nick no, tells him that. His name, so nick just called him mario and the name stuck he likes it though he doesn't mind um i hope he doesn't mind because otherwise it's bloody racist us calling him mario for about five years now <laughs> like yeah um yeah. You know, a French bloke wouldn't let you call him fucking Jean-Pierre if that wasn't his name. He'd be like, no, it's not my name. <laughs> maybe, he's, maybe he's just got a really good sense of humour and takes it on the chin. Yeah, um, That's really... A few years ago, someone actually just sent me... Someone that I grew up with sent me a clip of Nick and they were like... It was... You know in Barcelona where he does the grass gap and there's the... You know, it's got the like the white outside and it's the yeah. massive, massive... Like, it's too long. It looks like yeah. he's entered he the Matrix. Michael Jackson, not, not Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan, Space Jam, like... Yeah, just clean over it. Keeps going, like... Yeah, we were all like... I think... I know Nick's done a lot of... It's a bit of a bold statement because Nick's done a lot of impressive tricks in his time, but that's one of his best it's, tricks. It's gravity-defying, yeah. It's fucking insane. Like, the speed he took to do that, like... Just literally just bombed it like half the length. That's uh, called Arc de Triomphe. The bomb just like. Oh, oh yeah, I've, I've I've been to it. I know how I know how far that is. Yeah. yeah. But uh, my friend sent me that, and they were like, "Look at this! Look at this guy! He's an absolute freak of nature." And I was like, "Oh yeah, it's Nick." And they're like, "You don't know him." And I was like, "I've met him a stack of times." I was like, "I've met him <laughs> in Barcelona." I was like, "He lives there. That's all he does every day." And they were like. <laughs> He doesn't do stuff like that all the time, though, does it? And I like showed them other stuff, and I was like, "That's." I was like, "Yes, that is freakishly impressive." But he also, he, I was like, "He can pretty much do whatever he wants on skates." And they, as soon as they saw the other stuff, they were like, "Wow, okay." And th- these are people that don't even rollerblade, and they were just looking at it, going, "That is that is stunning to watch." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's why he's got all those fucking followers on Instagram." Sure. Um, we got sidetracked again from talking about your skate. So I, fir- I first saw the skate this like last February was it yeah last fe- winter clash yeah last winter clash I showed you a very early sample of it um, so it's it took almost a year to go from no because it's more than a year because they would obviously have to tell you you're getting a pro skate first um, they kind of dropped the bomb on me getting a second skate right after the first one like so I remember I was um, I basically I just managed to finish filming the promo kind of beat myself up a little bit. I was like kind of a bit dead from skating so hard for a couple of weeks. Um, I then went to my girlfriend's parents' place, which is like in, it's near Bordeaux. It's not a place called La Rochelle. And I was basically just laying out on a sun lounger. I got an email from USD saying, <clears throat> well done. Sales are really good in your first skate, blah, blah, blah. Going to give you a second one straight away. And it was at that point we started talking and designing it. And that would have been, uh, I guess, September 2019. Yeah, September 2019, yeah. And so then just almost a year and a half from being told to being released. Yeah, but um, we kind of longed it out of my one. Like We could have done it a lot quicker if we just decided, right, another A on, like the same as the blue one, if I said, yeah, cool, this time red, and they just did it in red with that. But I turned around and explained them like the idea I had with skinning the A on and trying to make it look more shoe-like. And yeah, they went along with it. So, I mean, it was a long process of like, you know, deciding... What skin's going to work? How are we going to attach the skin? Do we glue it? Do we rivet it? Do we use PU suede, real suede? What sort of stitching are we going to put on it? So it was a long sort of trial and error process of trying various different samples. Um, same as like when uh, when Eugen's skate came out, you know, it's kind of like crazy free run looking trainer. Skate. I was about to say, poor, poor Eugen's still waiting on the second skate and you've already beat him to it. And you've, you've 
been on the pro team a fraction of the time he has. Poor guy. I know he's a lot better than me too. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a secret. <laughs> uh, but no, he's Oigan's again same. Has decided to have this really intricate, difficult pro skate. So it's going to take a lot of testing, a lot of back and thought, back and forth. Um, do you think that like benefited you? Do you think like the reason sales went so well is because it was neon and it was going to sell anyway because it's a really popular model? Yes, totally. Yeah, I mean, first pro skate, I played it super safe. I was just like, right, I'm gonna, I want. I know the Aeon's going to sell well, so I was doing the Aeon in a good color that I know is going to sell well. I picked the good liner, the second skin, and run it in dark blue. Everyone likes dark blue, but it wasn't. It wasn't going to be dark blue originally. Yeah, I tried being clever beforehand. I tried doing like um. I wanted it to be like a sort of creamy off-white color. I've got the sample if you want to see it. Yes. Getting to see sample wheels and sample skates. I'm all about this. So I love how you've just got all this stuff just sitting at your fingertips. It like this this drives the absolute skate nerd in I mean, me a little bit wild. I work from home, so and these samples yeah, are like useful for work. So that's just literally my work area there. This is like I'm sitting on my desk here, slash flat. And I just get all my shit done. Right, let's um, see it. Originally, I wanted a sort of nice off-white, creamy color, uh, kind of like um, I don't know, like somewhere between like a Frederick's throne and like a Feinberg throne kind okay. of color, like not kind of grey off-white color. And it came, and it was like this. Which I think that looks good. Doesn't look like a Latimer cute colored Cyrus to you? No. no? I mean, no. I can't really tell with Leighton, but it does just look, it just <laughs> looks like a cream Aeon. I get that light on a bit better. Is that actually making it worse? Yeah, that, it, looks, it looked more natural before. I think that looks good. Why? Yeah. What did you not like about that? The bogey color. Is that. Maybe. Yeah, no, I wasn't feeling it basically. Okay. And <clears throat> so my skate was actually going to be released like spring 2022. Um, no, 2019, sorry. Because they, they showed me this at Winter Clash. And um, you went, no, try again. <laughs> no, I wasn't brave enough at first, actually. <laughs> taken out. You're like, okay. Power, yeah, cool. one of the blokes that works with Power Slide, he's like basically head of the aggressive department, uh, took me out to the Power Slide van out the back of Winter Clash. Um, I was like, yeah, Sam, I'm going to sample his skate here. I'm obviously like buzzing. I see my skate for the first time. He gave it to me. And I was like, there you go. And I was like, oh, it's, it's, it's lovely, isn't it? Like, and then back of my head thinking, fuck, fuck, fuck. It's awful shit. Like, did, did he not see uh, the expression in your face and went, this guy doesn't look excited? Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, I, I just wasn't feeling it, basically. And so I said to him, I was like, yeah, that's, that's nice. Yeah, he gave me the sample. And he's like, okay, cool. We go to production soon then. Like, we'll make that ready for like a couple of months time. And I sort of went and took it back to my hotel room and sat at it for a little bit and looked at it. And I was like, fuck, I don't like it. Like, you know, obviously it's, if it's your pro product, you've got to wholeheartedly like it and want to endorse it properly because you, the amount of people are going to ask you questions and look at it. And like, you've obviously got to shoot a fucking promo and all the rest, like, and then live with the fucking shame of that for the rest of your life if it was crap. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So like... Yeah, I mean, you, you see those people with ugly pro skates and you're like, fuck, how did you let that happen, mate? Like, 
Did you not like nothing in the back of your head when fucking let's solve this issue? <laughs> to be fair, some uh, of the most some of the most stinking pro skates in history, the pros of the pros in question have never actually worn or skated them. Exactly. I think that's just it must be people that were just like same as my reaction. I was just like too stoked to get it, said yeah. But then fortunately, two hours later, I was at Winter Clash, had a couple of beers, went back to the trade room. I was like, okay, guys, we're gonna need to have a quick chat. Um yeah, don't like it, I'm afraid. I get to get a pretty grumpy email as well because obviously uh, Barrett obviously sent in an email saying, yeah, cool, Sam likes to skate, he's got a sample, go ahead. Because I then wrote an email in straight away to the office saying, look, I don't actually like that skate, we're going to need to redesign it. And they were just like, are you sure? Like, you, can't, you, you said you like it, like, can't we, it's going to delay everything, it's going to be more samples, more expense, blah, blah, blah. And, and in my head I was just like, well, if it mean, even if it means pissing you guys off, like, sorry, like, it's my pro skate, we're going to make it good. Yeah. So I played it super safe second time round. So, all right, dark blue. I originally wanted dark blue anyway, but Joe um, Atkinson had just had his blue roses and I didn't want people to think that I was copying his blue roses. I wasn't. I was copying the ST10 uh, Solomon colour. That's what I originally... Remember that kind of sparkly blue yeah. one? When yeah. I saw it, I just remember, it just reminded <coughs> me of like the old school USD skates like because it had it had the same logo as well. Like Even your like Crofts... It, yeah, that was that was my idea too. I wanted it to be sort of like a. I explained to him like I wanted it to be kind of like ST10 blue, but not blue blue like an anthracite anth- anthracite. How you how you say it? Um, it's like a grey blue color basically. I spent ages looking through Dulux color ranges, trying to find colors and like looking on different Pantone websites. And I would like I would like midnight blue, please. Thank you. Like, exactly it. <laughs> With an A on, all you got to do is pick a color. So I was in different color websites and stuff going through. And then just found that color, and that was the one. And I explained to him, like, can you make it look kind of like as 98 thrown as you can, but keep it an A on? In this That's what color. I thought was really cool about it. It was like total throwback. And anyone that remembers the original Thrones when they came out would instantly, yeah, they were instantly reminded of that. Yeah, that's what, that's what I asked the design team to do, basically. And obviously, they've got, still got all those previous designs from 1998, so they can just, you know, play upon the sort of uh, whatever the features of those skates were to make. Give you those connotations nice um before you were on usd and before you were on undercover you were on rollerblade i was because on rollerblade, yeah. I asked you about this yesterday <clears throat> the horrific fall i was like where where is that edit i can't find it anywhere the one where you broke both your wrists and smashed your face on the ground yeah and then i just searched your name on the wheel scene website and it's literally the first oh, it must be it of course yeah yeah, yeah. it yeah. must be the first edit i ever saw of you because Most likely, yeah. it's the earliest Sam Croft's edit on the Wheel Scene website. Yeah, it's 2012 or 11. It's about you know, eight, nine years ago now. And weirdly, the majority of it's filmed in Glasgow. Yeah. Yeah. So I came to Glasgow with um, me and Dano. Went up there and stayed with Keir. And uh, yeah, shot some clips in Glasgow. Yeah, there's a, the big kink rail in the intro. It's yep, in Glasgow. Glasgow Uni. That looked like, see when you told me you tore the webbing on your finger? It looked yeah. like you did it there as well. Oh, no, it's just like blood have run down my finger, made it look a bit... Right, mingy. okay. That rail is horrendous, and it's right next to a massive pane of glass windows that you could have just easily like, fo- like smashed through one of the panes of glass. I mean, that's just skating in Scotland, though, mate. Like, I mean, I've ended up doing a couple of nuts tricks in Scotland just because I've always looked really sort of fondly upon the Scottish skate scene just because, you know, most of the guys are fucking nutters. And there's some of the stuff that they've done over the years and all the tricks that come out, like... Like Chris Doughty's current Instagram, this 
the tapes yeah. he had. Right Everything he puts up is just terrifying. Yeah. Every day, I'm just like, oh my god, what's he put put up today? Um. Yeah, I mean, I remember he took me to um, what's it called? I came up and shot an edit with Kite. I'm pr- uh, yeah, the, the ledge you soul grind down, I'm pretty sure you're the only person that's ever landed that ledge. Right, so I didn't know that when I did it. I only did that because Chris Doughty took me there. I got taken to the ledge. Actually, that's not true. Maybe Alan Dix landed it, but I think it might... I'm pretty sure that's maybe only you and Alan have ever landed it. Uh, I don't know if Alan did... If Alan landed I don't know. I, no. uh, but Doughty, I remember, basically. Hadn't, he had been busy the whole time I'd been there I've been there since like Thursday and he'd been busy pretty much the whole time and he came out of us on the Sunday and I was pretty beat up and tired by this point and he just took us to this giant fucking ledge and he was just like yeah like what do you think it was like 10 in the morning on Sunday and I was just like fuck it's Chris Dowdy like just yeah fuck yeah I'll do it Chris yeah no worries mate like in hindsight thinking fucking stupid because that ledge is fucking ridiculous like, there's no way I do that these days like it's you know the ledges, but I've, like I've, I've stood up. Like I remember when they took the gate away, and Chris took us all up there, and we stood at the top, and I was like, "I'm not, I'm not doing that. That's terrifying." I mean, the ledge itself isn't actually that bad. Like the, the steepness and the height of it, I'm okay with that. There's a rail next to the ledge which comes out about this far, and it's got these big dirty supports across it, and it's perfect to get your legs stuck in. Like absolutely perfect to get your legs stuck in. It's the perfect size that you could be halfway down the ledge and your foot come off the ledge and you know you're fucking basically hopping for the rest of your life. You know, so that that was in the back of my mind. And if you see on the one when I do do it, my foot actually like wiggles down the ledge. Like I hit one of the notches in between because it's like it's not a solid piece of concrete. Yeah. It's like sections to it. I hit one of the sections and my foot comes off. And I remember literally like being fucking terrified as my foot went over it and it's landed at the bottom. Awful landing, like it's like cobbly floor. I should just about get away with it. And I was just like, no way, not going back up there again. Scariest shit I've ever done. Goes all yeah, time top five. Scariest tricks. Like I'd rather go jump, do my ender again than go do that, I think. Yeah, that it's hard. And it's really the stair set's really narrow as well. So yeah, it's really easy to get yourself just mangled and tangled up. Yeah, yeah, it's horrible. Um yeah. But you were on Rollerblade for that, Rollerblade before that. And then you had that horrific fall where you fall off like the top of the stair set and land on basically your wrists and your face. What happened with Rollerblade? Um, Ian Hendry was team manager back then. And he basically just explained to me that Rollerblade were cutting their budget. And they were, he said, look, if you get offered anything else, then just go for something else. Like, I'm, we're basically going to cut you at the end of the year, was the information I got. It was me and. Jack Swindles was skating for them. There's a pair of us skating for him. And yeah, they basically just like said, like, we're going to cut you at the end of the year. Um, I then, I had like a shop sponsor. So I just started trying all sorts of other different skates. I brought a pair of SSMs. I brought a pair of Shadows. I then, having tried the SSMs, which I didn't like, or the new Shadow 2.0s in like those, I liked the first original Shadows. Um, was this when you were skating for, was it skates.co.uk? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. You've you've got you've got me to blame for you getting that shop sponsor. You do? Oh, well, did you put my name forward? There was a guy called Dave that ran it, David. And yeah. he used to he used to advertise in the print mag and he was like, Oh, who can I get? And he started naming all these guys and I was like, You're not gonna get them. And I was like, Why? And I was like, Because they're sponsored by local. No one is leaving local yeah. to skate for skates.co.uk. And he's like, Who do you know that's good that doesn't have a shop sponsor? And I remember suggesting you and Blake, and then literally like maybe two or three weeks later, they just started announcing all these people. And I was like, I picked all these fucking people. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, did, I didn't mind riding for them, which is so happy to get free stuff, of course. Bit of a bougie shop sponsor, though. Not the one you want to be on. No. Um, fortunately, I did get picked up by Loco not too long after that, which I was very relieved for. Um, but yeah, so I tried different skates after RB, and then I was. I bought some, I got them to send me some thrones in the end just because I was like, I'd skated thrones for years beforehand and knew I liked them, but I thought I'd best try some other things as I had a shop sponsor and a boot sponsor that was soon to leave. So I was like, right, best just try a few different brands and see what I actually want to skate. Cause it's probably going to be me buying skates for the next couple of years. And then, um, yeah, Nick was in London and I literally was, I didn't know Nick at this point. I mean, I'd seen him maybe some events and stuff, um, but he was just in London. I was skating some rail and then he was, oh, you like thrones then yeah and i was like yeah of course i always like thrones he's like all right cool didn't think anything of it two days later got a phone call from him and he was saying yeah but you want to ride for us the uk i was like yeah safe uncle really uncle necky hooked it up all right really weird time when that happened though because at the time uh sven bockhurst was in london doing his city hopper video if you remember that yeah um i helped him him me and blake helped him take his ramp around London with Remy Kadir, who's Remy's a good mate of ours in Amsterdam. Um, yeah, so we took him around the spots. And as I was skating on one of the spots, Sven saw that I had a pair of thrones on. and turned around to him, he was like, you're not skating for Old anymore. And I was like, oh, no, the UK team's getting dropped. Like, I'm probably not going to be able to ride for them anymore. And he was like, oh, well, I think you should still be riding for Old So I'm going to put you on the the European team with, like, you know, remember they had, like, Maxime Chenoud, yeah. uh, Jeremy Suarez, all these guys. So, yeah, I'm going to put you on the, the team with them guys. And I was like, oh, cool, safe, all right. Then got a phone call from Nick whilst I was actually in the van with Sven saying, do you want to ride for US the UK? And I was like, oh, awkward, Sven's right there, shit. Yeah, mate, I'll call you back later though, all right? <laughs> I literally remember like, whispering into the phone saying, yeah, I'll call you back later. Got out of the van, rang and I was like, yeah, sorry about that. Um, explain what just happened. And then obviously politely explained to Sven, like, thank you very much for the offer, but I'd rather skate for USD. Because I mean, I, I'd always liked skating USD skates when I was growing up. Um, and I must admit, I never really liked RBs. I liked how they felt on my feet. They were like, the shocks in them are amazing. And they, you know, they skate pretty nicely, but just never really liked the sole plate. Never liked the sort of wide body feel. I mean, I probably like them now. Like, they, you know, they got that, they'd work on that new sole plate, which kind of looks a bit more like a carbon sole plate. It looks yeah, very much plate. like, it looks very much like a symmetric sole plate, but yeah. Okay, right. Well, um, I haven't inspected one. I've just seen that. Uh, just from a distance like I, sample. I saw it when Sven was at unit 23 and I was like I'm not going to say anything but this this is pretty obvious but okay I mean everyone's like kind of scratch, pinching each other's ideas a little bit you know I mean there's like there's so many ways you can redesign a soul plate especially so a flat soul plate like that anyway yeah um, anyway yes yeah, so I, I just didn't really like the skates as such and I only rode for them for so long just because you know I was 21 years old and stoked to have a boot sponsor so Plus, Rollerblade are one of these companies that you never know if they're just going to disappear again because although they've always been producing skates, they've like very much had like dips with aggressive where they just either like only release one skate that year or just get rid of their entire team or just don't focus on aggressive for a while. Whereas at least USD have consistently focused on aggressive, even though it's always even though it's like you know their smallest department at the moment. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. That's why I wanted to skate from. And also, you know, like, growing up, like, most of my favourite skaters skated for USD. You know, think about just all the different USD riders over the years. You're like, yeah, I'd like to be a part of, have be, be some sort of piece in the puzzle of this, this legacy. 
Who were your so, Who were your favourite skaters growing up? Then favourite skaters growing up, um, obviously Feinberg. I was favorite. Bit, I was like, uh, you strike well, me well, as a well, as well, a Feinberg. Feinberg. Yeah, yeah, Feinberg. Feinberg. Cool. We don't need to discuss that one. Uh, Billy O'Neill, amazing skater, absolute legend. I've heard um, of him. You've heard of that one guy? Yeah, yeah I've heard of Billy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think who else? Dustin Halloran, actually. Always another New York skater that I never thought really got the ju- the justice he deserved. I always felt as though he should have got a pro skate from someone. But no, he didn't. He did. He was on Razors and then on USD. Billy actually talks about that in his in his podcast. Yeah, I saw. I haven't watched his one yet because in came out like yesterday, right? Did it come out two days ago? Last week. Where Last you been? Li- where you been living? Well, well yeah, I spend I, most of my day discussing skate stuff and like I, I you know as i was saying like with watching tv and stuff when a podcast three hours long it's like a bit of yeah. time. like i basically if i'm watching one of your podcasts i will put it on as i'm cooking and then listen to it in the background as i'm making my dinner i don't make the most extravagant longest meals so that's about 45 minutes a day at best i can get through so a podcast like billy's will take me four days and that's assuming i'm cooking dinner at home every day this could be a week it's going to get through i'll watch it and listen to it all very closely and take it all in but you know that's, that's a dangerous game to play because I'll get onto it, mate. Don't worry. Like Billy's a legend. I want to see people, what he said. People keep saying that I'm putting them to sleep. Like so it's, it's, great guys over the years. It's, it's um, a really dangerous game to play to cook a meal while listening to the podcast. Yeah, because everyone just says I put them to sleep. So you're just going to fall asleep at the cooker and set yourself on fire. <laughs> Could happen. Um, but yeah, Billy says like Dustin Halloran went out to California and just everyone hate like everyone hated him. I've heard he's a bit of a bit. Of, I'm not going. No, just not not because he was like a bad person, just because he was a bit too like he no, was a bit too much like, of a street kid. Yeah, he's exactly. He's just really hood, basically. Like, I've heard like he's been at events and like the police have turned up to the skate park looking for him. I've mm. heard that's happened to him before, and like right. heard he's like robbed some people that skate or whatever. But uh, I'm just going to run to the bathroom very quick. I'm fidgeting now because I've been holding it in for a minute, but I will be right back. Right. Okay. <laughs> 